0: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
1: Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, John Siegley here, and I am so pleased to be joined by my old teammate, Mr. Don Callahan, the recruiting guru himself. Don, how are you doing, my man?
0: Good good. I'm actually really excited to be on the podcast for, with you because uh maybe this will stop the questions about what happened to John. People <laughs> I guess thought you might have died or something. So um so yeah. So I think people who just listen to the recruiting stuff don't realize that you do a bunch of other podcast stuff that's unrelated to recruiting.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm on a bunch of the other pods and uh, you know, Ross, he also covers recruiting. Uh, You and him have a great duo. So that, that was the, uh, the, I guess the uh, impetus is the correct word to use uh, behind the switch. And uh, you guys have been doing a good job, but you know, for this one, Ross is out of town. So I'm going to be stepping into the old role because we have actually a lot to talk about on the football recruiting front. Just real quick too, uh, for those listening, if Don's audio doesn't sound like it normally does, it's because Don is on location. Don, give us just a quick tease right now to kind of explain what's going on uh, with you hitting the road this week.
0: Well, right this moment, it's kind of boring. I am um, I'm in I'm in a hotel in Charlotte, but uh, this is my home base for the week. But I mean, basically, any school that has a recruit that we haven't got up with for a very long time within this, the greater Charlotte area. I've been to uh, we're talking Friday morning. So this morning went to uh practice at uh uh Butler High School to uh, spend some time with Anthony Carter. I'll go to uh Sun Valley High School this afternoon, which of course has uh uh four star 2021 wide receiver Gavin Blackwell and his teammate Michael Gonzalez, who might not be a four star, but uh I think he's one of the better offensive linemen in the in the region. Been a bunch of places all this entire week. And then, of course, uh, for those who've been following, know that uh, on Saturday, which is tomorrow, as we're recording, uh, I'll be at uh, uh, Kedrick Bingley-Jones' announcement, where he's going to be choosing between North Carolina, South Carolina. I'm sorry, North Carolina, Florida, Duke, and Ohio State. I'm so used to North Carolina competing with South Carolina this year (laughs) that uh, I had a little bit of a brain fart there.
1: No, that's all right, and uh, we'll kind of tease the uh, KBJ announcement right now. We will definitely return to that in the podcast, but let's go ahead and start this one. Let's rewind the clock a little bit, Don, to the big UNC barbecue that they had last week, and kind of the biggest news that came out of that, in my opinion, is the fact that Jacorius Conley, he basically came out and said, according to the reporting that unc as a result of that barbecue and being on campus is now his leader i mean to me that's huge can you kind of walk us through what you've heard about conley and just the, uh, you know what led him to make that announcement after being on campus
0: well for those who have been following his entire recruitment it's it's been kind of um i guess frustrating for for the for basically the schools have been recruiting him and and the fan base is because there's been a lot of, you know, Conley says he's going to be at some place and then doesn't show up and it makes you kind of wonder, okay, how much is he considering my school? And this has happened with North Carolina has happened with South Carolina. It's happened with Virginia tech and just basically all the schools have been really, really involved with, uh, with his recruitment. So, um, because he's been missing a lot of these visits, his, his uh, recruitment has been kind of uh, stagnant for a while there. And But he, uh, North Carolina, basically just kind of made sure that he had everything in line um, for him to visit, for him to bring his dad, which was also key, because um, I believe that the cookout was his father's first visit to North Carolina. So that was important also. Made sure everything was in order, that they were going to be there, and they showed up. And end up being huge for North Carolina because of um, the fact that he came out, and right afterwards we had the first report with him. We spoke to him immediately following his visit as he was as he was driving home. Um, so for those who are listening to this, who aren't in, who aren't premium subscribers inside Carolina, need to get your premium subscription because this is one of those things that you would have got immediately and would have been able to read immediately because um, we posted it on Sun on the, the following uh, Sunday. Um, he came out that North Carolina was his leader and basically he said everything but I committed and I you know he, he basically said, you know, he wanted to go home talk to his mom kind of get a feel from her and then kind of kind of I guess marinate on the situation and go from there But w- one of the keys is is the timing of this is it happens in a really uh, beneficial part of the the ncaa recruiting calendar because of um, we're in a dead period, and basically, you know, a day after or a couple days after the, the, the barbecue, that's when the dead period started. So he can't take any more visits. So any schools like South Carolina who might want to try to, to I guess, flip the, uh, the situation, they're going to need to kind of talk him into holding off until uh, the dead period ends and then bring him in for a visit.
1: We'll see, but from the comments that Conley made... Yeah, you could not ask for a more positive turnaround from the UNC perspective. And, I mean, he is an absolute, I think, one of the few must-gets left in this class um, because, I mean, four-star safety, he really fits a need in the UNC defense. I think that uh, Coach Bateman has prioritized him because he sees him really fitting well into the new scheme that's being brought to Chapel Hill it's really tough to say much more than that. I mean, we'll see. What about his timeframe, Don? Like, do we know when he's thinking about committing? Has he like put out any sort of timeline in the past?
0: Well, in true Jaquarius kindly, um, I guess, uh, methodology, he, he basically wants to make some sort of announcement sometime in August, mm-hmm. uh, which just kind of just, you know, for a kid who has a school that he's leaning towards you know it, it's kind of I guess it would be maddening I, it's got to be maddening for the USC coaches uh, because you kind of want him to kind of get it out there and everything like that um, even though you feel good you feel you know feel great about the situation but uh, to have an entire month and, and he hasn't really kind of settled on a particular date that's a little frustrating and there's always a chance that he might delay it which is what you don't want him to do but but yeah, so the time frame we're looking at is 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 August as of right now, but with a lot of things that comes with uh, Aquarius, it's always subject to change.
1: All right, good deal. Well, that is certainly something to keep an eye on. Like you mentioned, Don, the most up-to-date information is on the premium football message board. So everyone, if you're not a member already, make sure that you do sign up to that. That actually leads me to our very first commercial break as well. We're going to talk about our friends at Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com because on top of getting the most up-to-date news on YouTube football recruits, If you are an IC premium subscriber, you get 10% off of your order at Giant T-Shirt or GiantT-Shirt.com. Hopefully everyone that is listening to this podcast knows about Giant T-Shirt, but if you don't, they are an absolute icon in Chapel Hill. They have been around for years. They have the best customer service, and they cater to UNC fans. They are a great place to go on game day. It's only a few short weeks away. The first home game against Miami. It'll be here before we know it. Giant T-Shirt has the brand new Mac is Back T-Shirts as well. So you can go pick that up before you head to campus at gianttshirt.com or pick one up when you're there. So again, gianttshirt, gianttshirt.com. And don't forget that 10% off code. If you are an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, you can get the code from the message board. Get that 10% off. All right, Don, so let's go ahead and move on to the next big bit of recruiting news, which was the commitment of running back Elijah Green. And I'm not going to lie, this one kind of surprised me. I mean, I felt that Green was, you know, he was favoring UNC, but I think he's the it's he's the third total running back that that the Tar Heels have so far committed in this class. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yes. And so that, that kind of I guess surprised a lot of people, even even myself to a degree.
1: Mhm. So what is it about Elijah Green do you think that the coaching staff saw in him as to why they are comfortable taking a third tailback for this year?
0: Well, I think you know, I'm going to go a lot more into this in the uh, the weekly sweep that's going to come up next week, uh, that we're going to be posting next week, which is another perk of uh, premium of subscribers. but. But basically, you know it was just kind of the stars kind of aligned for for this for this situation to kind of play out and just made sense um, for what North Carolina expects to happen and their roster situation. I can't get too much into it because then I'm just basically giving away what's going to be on the scoop. Let me ask you this. I mean, he's
1: from Roswell, Georgia. Um, you know, it's it's usually the, the rule in recruiting is if you can get a kid from one of those hotbed states like Georgia, often those kids will play a lot better than what their star rating is because they kind of can get almost depressed a little bit in terms of there's so many quality players, it's hard to really rank them. With him coming out of that Roswell area, is that something that Tar Heel fans can kind of look at and say, hey... You know this this kid does play pretty good good competition um, and kind of go with that Georgia stereotype. Is that in play at all for this one?
0: Yeah, I mean he played for a very talented team. Um, you know they they won I think it was the four A championship uh, during his uh, his junior year and they went undefeated. So I mean it's not the top classification, but it's it's kind of in the middle tier in Georgia. But they also I mean obviously. No matter what level you're playing at, if you're going all the way to the state championship, you're playing a bunch of really good teams along the way, and and you're dominating them. I think with him, there's a couple things that kind of of hurt his stock with a lot of um, schools. One Mm -hmm. is that he actually shared the backfield with a four-star while he was a running back obviously, but probably going to end up being a linebacker and end up signing with Ohio State. Steel Chambers, which, has, which is one of my all-time favorite names, Steel Chambers. So, um, so you have that where you're sharing a backfield, and really I'm, I'm sure it's probably instead of 50-50, it's probably more 60-40, if not 70-30, as far as you know how often Elijah um, Green is getting into the backfield. And then on top of that, you know, he broke his ankle, which uh, limited him. I can't remember how many games he ended up playing in, but um, but that obviously took him out of, out of some content. So so his film, I, w- I don't want to say limited, but he didn't have as much film as uh, as 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 a guy who would have played the entire season and was a workhorse for that for their program. So there had to be you know you had to kind of be able to look at the look at the the limited film that he had and be able to do a good job of of evaluating and and, and believing in that he can do what you saw on that film throughout an entire season as a, uh, as a guy who's, who's going to uh, um, get the ball a bunch. And I think really that uh, for North Carolina's purposes, you know, they, they obviously wanted him, um getting him committed before the season is probably the best, best thing for them because he's a guy who could be like a Michael Carter did a couple of years ago. Cause if you remember, Michael Carter had a very limited junior season, which caused a lot of schools to, um, just kind of stay away from him, but then just blew up. I think he got I'm, – I'm, I'm reaching back my memory, which right now is a little fried with all the uh, <laughs> time spent on, on practice fields this week, but uh, I think he got Mr. Football for his classification in Florida. Um, an unbelievable year as far as numbers was concerned. And, uh, you know, I, I expect the same sort of situation for Eliza Green.
1: That's good to hear. I mean, it's it certainly you know, could be the, the end result there. Like you said, I mean, he did suffer the injury. I was going back and reading the article that you wrote, Don, and it looks like he got hurt in the third game of the season and then played the Final Four. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess maybe six and a half total games at most. So, yeah, I mean, I think he definitely has something that's still left in the tank there that coaches could really see him develop. And then, as far as the class as a whole, I would imagine that after taking three tailbacks, UNC is done at that position. Am I correct in making that assumption?
0: I think so. Um, oh, no, I, so. I think a lot. Of, no, that was me more kind of being uh, joking. Ah, um, uh, okay.
1: <laughs> I, I,
0: yeah, um, I think a lot of people, including myself, assumed that UNC was done after taking two. So mm-hmm. you kind of, um, at least, I'm a little bit hesitant to saying yes. UNC is done a running back, but there isn't anyone that they're really actively recruiting, or no one out there as of, as of today. So I think it's safe to assume that is done it running back. But uh, you know, how many months is it until sunday day? So much can change between now and then.
1: Yeah, you know, like you said, this one kind of was surprising. Who knows? We'll see. Um, there could be some some movement in the class, and that actually will lead me into our next topic. Because Carolina actually did have movement in the class, but it was a decommitment. And that news broke earlier today, as we record on Friday, where defensive lineman Sean Martin, he elected to decommit after committing. Yes, it was a little bit over a month and a half ago now, um, after he visited Carolina. Now, again, it's a rehash, but we say it for a reason. Don, you alluded to this previously on the premium football message board. So, you know, subscribers there, they had kind of the early heads up on this. So is it safe to say, Don, or is it fair to say that when Sean Martin did officially decommit, that the coaching staff, they weren't exactly caught completely off guard by this one?
0: No, no. They they knew and really it was a matter of they they knew what the situation was and UNC had no longer considered him a commitment but was going to kind of let it play out publicly the way that Sean Martin and his parents wanted it to play out publicly, meaning they didn't know if he was going to actually publicly decommit or if he was just going to take a bunch of visits as a UNC commit and kind of see what's happening. But when you're in that sort of situation, you basically have to say, okay, we got a bunch of really good D linemen committed already. Let's try to – Let's let him do his thing, and and then if he wants, you know, if we don't have room for him, we won't take him, sort of thing. At at the very end. So, um, so yeah, the staff was was not caught off guard by this. It's something that I think had been brewing for a long time. And really, I think, um, you know, they they surprisingly attended the the barbecue. Both both uh, his mom, both Sean Martin, his mom and um, his dad. And I think that kind of was the um, the impetus. He's done his work uh, of kind of pushing pushing that in the direction that ended up doing.
1: So with Martin decommitting now, I mean UNC still has commitments from a bunch of D line prospects, and like you mentioned, Don, they're still actively pursuing a lot of very highly rated guys. So in the grand scheme of things, by Martin leaving the class, how do you think this impacts it as things stand today?
0: I don't think it makes much of a difference because I think you have, have already met its quota at the D line position. It was basically mm-hmm. full. we basically, was taking guys who they were going to take regardless of what their situation is. So, um, you look at it, you, you had Miles Murphy committed, what was it? I guess last month. Mm-hmm. Um, the four star guy, the top player in, in their, in their class right now. You got, uh, uh Ketrich Bingley Jones, who's going to announce his college decision on Saturday. And uh North Carolina looks to be um uh, in a pretty good spot there. You also have Dez Evans, who it I can't believe it took this long for us to mention his name on this podcast. You know, five star guy who I think no longer, according to twenty four seven sports, is the top uh top player in the state because uh Trent Simpson has leaped him. But um He's still um he's you know, Dev Evan's still an unbelievable player, top was a top twenty five player in the nation. Um and he's kind of lingering out there still and North Carolina's in a great spot for him. So this D line class is gonna be really, really good with or without Sean Martin, for sure.
1: Well, and you also have the name that I think is very interesting as far as the defensive line commitments, Clyde Pender, who is yeah. I think he's just short of a composite four-star right now, but he is also someone that has a lot of talent. And, you know, I mean, credit to Martin. At least he didn't drag it out because, yeah, by taking visits as a UNC commit, I mean, if it's basically everyone knows what the deal is, it's usually the best practice, in my opinion, to to just go ahead and make the decommitment public. Um, It sounds as if this was something that the coaches were, were well aware of. And, uh, you know, best wishes to Martin moving forward. And hopefully, you know, the Tar Heel fans, like you said, the people that read your scoop, they kind of saw this coming. Hopefully for everyone else, this kind of can shut the door and UNC can move on. And we will do the same. And let's go ahead and start wrapping this one up, Don, by talking about Kendrick Bigley Jones. Uh, You've mentioned his name a few times. You just got done talking about the fact that Carolina is in a very good position. So his actual announcement is going to be on Saturday. What time is the announcement at, Don, and where is he actually hosting it at?
0: Uh, The the announcement that's at noon. And basically the way the schedule is going to go for Saturday for him is that uh, Providence Day School has a practice in the morning, then they have a team cookout right afterwards, and then right after that, is the announcement, and they're going to do that in the Province Day School gym. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. So, all all um, bunch of you know, obviously his teammates, um, teammates' families, and of course, uh, uh, teachers' bigly joins his family. When we're going to be around noon is when uh, the announcement happens. have. And inside Carolina, we'll have full coverage as you've come to expect of the announcement.
1: And uh, Donna, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit here, man. And uh, without going too far, you mentioned that Carolina is in a good spot for him. So, just overall for Tar Heel fans listening to this, do you think that there are some good vibes for UNC going into this announcement?
0: Yeah, to say at the least there are definitely good vibes. Um, I think the only school that could potentially but that really was for the longest time was it was any sort of threat to North Carolina or was Ohio state. But I think that, um, that UNC has a lot going in favor heading into this announcement.
1: All right. Well, we will see. And uh, like you said, you'll be there for the full coverage. Encourage everyone to tune into that. Um, let's go ahead and take a very last commercial break. When we get back on, let's go ahead and preview what you have coming down the pipeline for the inside Carolina people with you being on the road. Hey, and we are back with the Inside Caroline podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan talking some UNC football recruiting. All right, Don, so let's go ahead and call this one to a close, my friend. Let's uh, get a quick preview from you about what type of coverage is coming from you hitting a road trip there, uh, home basing in Charlotte and going out to seeing just a ton of prospects.
0: Yeah, so I actually began the week by, by going the complete opposite direction of Charlotte and going up to um, Richmond, Virginia to watch the workout of Highland Springs High School, which they don't start practice until next week. But Malcolm Green is a safety that's that's high on North Carolina's wage, wish list right now. Um, got, got a chance to talk to him. We'll have a full update with him early next week. Just about where things sit with him. He's probably one of the most mysterious recruits that UNC is um, courting at the moment. Um, so we, we try to, I guess, add some clarity to that. Um, God, the places I've been, I mentioned, I'm going to go to Sun Valley. I mentioned I was at, um, uh, Butler high school this morning, talking with, um, Anthony Carter. He's another one. I I wouldn't say mysterious. I would say confusing is better to explain his recruitment. So I tried to, um, we're going to run a report uh next week where I'm going to try to, I guess, uh, remove some of the confusion of the situation. Also went and saw, uh, uh, DeAndre Boykins, who's a running back slash uh, defensive back, um, didn't really go into a whole bunch of places, but uh, we'll have some updates on him. Went to Huff High School, which has always has a ton of players. Mario Love, uh, four-star running back, Evan Evan Pryor. They um, actually have a defensive tackle who's a 2023, who has a dozen scholarship offers. Also, oh, guys wow. spend some time with him. Yeah, I think he's probably going to be. An, you know the next well the next best player to come out of huff but uh he's going to add to an already pretty talented uh 2023 class for the state of north carolina uh oh, where else have i been um
1: you mean where else uh, I, I, have I know. you been where else have you been billing the uh, company card on uh, on buck sanders dime
0: yeah where else have i taken buck sanders helicopter out to <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see oh um Went out to North Lincoln and Chewley Price, a defensive lineman from the twenty twenty one class that uh, UNC offered uh in June. Went spent time some time with him. Um, I, oh and uh, Jalen Walker, another twenty twenty three kid who who has a handful of offers, really good looking kid, linebacker from Salisbury High School, and uh there's not a whole lot out on him, but North Carolina has one for him. So we'll have a report out on him also. I mean, we we have so much stuff. And then next week, I'm going to be spending time in the Triad area. And for those who aren't familiar with, I guess, the North Carolina areas. that's Winston-Salem, Greensboro. I'll even kind of go a little bit further north of that to Reedsville and and some other places along that area. So, yeah, so I'm not seeing my family a whole lot these next few weeks. So um, busy times for sure.
1: Now, is your wife grateful that you're gone or is she going to be like calling you and like, why did you leave me with these children? How does that work for, for these road trips?
0: Well, because for the most part, when I am not on the road, I'm working from home and she's a real estate agent who also works from home. So we see each other plenty. So, uh, and actually right now, as, as I speak this latter half of the week, her and my kids are at the beach. So she's, they're not missing oh. me right now. So yeah. she
1: just used this as an excuse to go on vacation without you.
0: Yeah, and that's fine. And even though I do the whole beach thing a couple times a year, I'm just not a beach fan. I can't uh, stand sand. I'm not a bi- I hate the sun. I stand out in, in the sun enough as it is for work. And, you know, I think the, the ocean is dirty. But <laughs> I still end up doing all that stuff. But, yes, everything about the beach I absolutely hate.
1: You should do a a top five reasons why Don Callahan does not go to the beach with Ross. Because I bet you Ross (laughs) loves the beach.
0: I bet he does. I think Ross prefers going to the mountains and and wrestling bear.
1: (laughs) Wrestling bear. I love it. Ross, if you're listening, man, we miss you. All right, Don. Well, I guess that's a good place to leave it there. Uh, Anything else that you feel like sharing? Or have we kind of hit all the, the hot topics that are going on right now on the football
0: recruiting front? I think we hit everything. I mean, just um, a lot of this stuff that I mentioned will be in the Weekly Scoop, which we always post on Tuesdays. And I think Ross uh, – well, I'm pretty sure Ross is back from being out of the country, and him and I will be recording next week. Hopefully he doesn't get mad that I cheated on him.
1: It's okay. Um, I'll see if I can, like, make this hidden for Ross, and uh, we just won't say anything.
0: Okay, sounds good.
1: All right, Don. Well, hey, safe travels. And uh, thanks again for talking
0: to me, man. No problem. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.